So Money episode 1035, Sean T, world-renowned health and fitness motivator. You're listening to So Money with award-winning money guru, Farnoosh Torabi. Each day, get a 30-minute dose of financial inspiration from the world's top business minds, authors, influencers, and from Farnoosh herself. Looking for ways to save on gas or double your double coupons? Sorry, you're in the wrong place. Seeking profound ways to live a richer, happier life? Welcome to So Money. My family, we grew up on food stamps. You know, we were government assistants. We couldn't afford much. I mean, there was a time in my life where I would sneak downstairs at 12 midnight while the house was sleeping and sneak back upstairs with balled up bread in my underwear so I didn't get caught. Right. I know that sounds like really wild and crazy, but that was a that was part of my life, not knowing where my next paycheck or anything was going to come from. Our guest today came from very humble beginnings and has now built an incredible health and fitness empire. Welcome to So Money, everybody. Our guest today is, you might know him very well, Sean T. If you're on Instagram, you've probably seen his workouts come through your feed. In particular, his Transform 20 has been stalking me. It's a 20-minute step workout that may or may not be in my future, but it is definitely on my mind. Shanti is here today, and he's going to be very candid and very open and honest about his beginnings growing up in financial scarcity and the steps he took to build his business. He's not just a businessman. He's also a husband, father of twins, TV host, and social media influencer. Sean also has his own podcast called Trust and Believe with Shanti. And if you go over there today, you will hear me on Sean T's episode. So he and I, uh, we're doing a little podcast swap to support each other's shows. And I definitely hope that you'll check out his show. He's got a lot of incredible people on there talking about not so much money, although today it is, but very much inspiration, motivation, relationships. He's a man of many talents, this Shanti. He's the creator of the best-selling fitness programs, Insanity, Hip Hop Abs, Focus T25. He also has a self-help memoir, T is for Transformation. He is dedicated to creating positive life changes in his community and his people. And he's just a nice, cool gentleman. I really enjoyed spending time with him, learning from him, and I hope that you will enjoy this episode. Here is Shanti. Shanti, welcome to So Money. So wonderful to connect with you. Thank you. So Money. I love the name of it because <laughs> so many people are struggling with so money. I know. We're not, we're not feeling very money right now, but um, I, I, I love that you're here to provide us with some inspiration and advice. Um, you know, a lot of people know you, Sean, as this world-renowned health and fitness motivator. You have so many fitness programs, Insanity, Hip Hop Abs. I have to tell you that um, Transform 20 has been stalking me on Instagram. I think <laughs> that the software knows that I have been eating too many carbs and I'm also a tired mom. So who doesn't have any time? So 20 minutes, I'm into it. I'm like, I'm like very close to, to taking up you up on that offer. Um, first question, do you recall the moment when you decided to go big? Was it? always the plan? I mean, you studied sports science, theater, dance. Seems like there was always the vision. Yeah, I actually remember the moment I decided to go big. I had already been to LA for a vacation just to visit a friend for about two weeks. And while I was there, I went on an audition uh, for just a dance agency. 
But that wasn't the actual moment. I actually made it to the end of the audition. I was dancing really well. But it wasn't until I got home and two weeks after that, I was at the laundromat putting in my quarters and I got a call from the agency in Los Angeles. Now, mind you, I'm from Jersey, so I'm literally on the other side of the country. And someone was like, hey, is this Sean? And I was like, yeah. And they were like, would you want to come out to Los Angeles and and dance for our agency? And so I was like, let me check with my mom. You know, I was about 22 years old. And my mom said, absolutely. Actually, I was 23. My mom said, absolutely. You have to go do this. And that was the moment I was like, I'm working at a pharmaceutical company. I have a corporate job. I have health insurance. I have all these amazing things that are happening. And I just said to myself, my mom said, if you don't do this, you're going to regret it. And I said, I have to go big. I was like, I have to go all in and trust myself and believe that I have the skills to actually do the best that I can do. And if I do the best that I can do, I know something great is going to come of it. Part of you must have been scared though, right? Going across country, completely abandoning what you knew, all the, I know like not getting health insurance. <laughs> it seems like a boring thing, but like for a lot of entrepreneurs, that is the thing that that really freaks them out. When you got out there, was it everything you thought it would be or was it still kind of scary? You know, now on the other side of it, it's so easy to talk like, oh, this happened and it's great. But every single moment was very scary from packing up my car to driving across country with my brother to buying my very first blow up mattress where a month after I got it, I was I would go to sleep with a blown up mattress and and wake up in the morning, you know, being on the floor because it, you know, got punctured and. You know, it just it wasn't as easy as it was. And and going out to L.A., you think like, oh, you know, it's going to be this glamorous thing. And it's Hollywood. And it's nothing like that, especially when you're, you know, a starving artist really trying to do the best you can do to make it. But for me, it was more about treating my experience like I was on a job interview, like I had gone to just getting out of college. So. When I would go to these auditions, I would show up very prepared. I would have my resume, but I wasn't like, you know, cutting up with the other dancers. I was very much like I'm walking in here and I'm going to really focus. And that took some of the fear away, but it's always scary. I mean, it's always scary not knowing where your next paycheck is going to come from. It reminds me of that really good piece of advice. I don't know who gave it to me, but it was something like always start your day, even if you're as successful as you ever thought you'd be, imagine every day you're going on a job interview. Like imagine that every day is a test. I I actually really like that because you just kind of lit a little fire in me, to be quite honest, because I wake up every day. I mean, my family, we grew up on food stamps. You know, we were government assistants. We couldn't afford much. I mean, there was a time in my life where I would sneak downstairs at 12 midnight while the house was sleeping and sneak back upstairs with balled up bread in my underwear so I didn't get caught. Right. I know that sounds like really wild and crazy, but that was a that was part of my life, not knowing where my next paycheck or anything was going to come from. And so you know, I wake up every single day, not necessarily, you know, harping on that, but I do wake up every day. You know, I have to do the best that I can do. And very similar to waking up every day, like I'm going on a job interview, even if I'm the one doing the interviewing, you know? I do know. I, mean, I want to explore more of your financial background in a minute, but sticking with your business for a moment here, 
home workouts. I mean, what we're experiencing right now with the pandemic and just today, we learned that another 5 million people applying for unemployment benefits, businesses going out of business. Do you feel like your business in some way is recession proof or are there adjustments that you've even had to make in this environment? Well, there have been some adjustments we've had to make in our business. However, I believe that I'm one of the lucky few that whenever there's some tough times, you know, economy wise in our country, home workouts and home motivation actually thrives because people then say, I have to consolidate a lot of things. And one of the things that they have to do is maybe stop going to gyms. They then get home workout programs. And in my home workouts, I've, I've been doing them since 2005. So I have a bunch. And so it thrives in that way. You know, it really, really helps. And I, and I also believe that because, well, my motivational style in these workouts is to really uplift people when they're doing that 20, 25 or 30 minutes or more of working out. But the flip side of that is just like you being now home with two year old twins and I'm going from work to being, you know, a full time dad with my husband back and forth. There's no release, you know, and I'm not necessarily complaining about that. But when I have my team in the office, you know, there's I'm much more efficient and I don't carry the stress. And then my our kids have their you know, they're caretakers, you know, we have um, two nannies that come every day. So there's been some adjustments in my own stress level. But I believe that, you know, I'm able to in this time provide a service to people to keep them as stress free as possible. Yeah, it's really hard to have boundaries right now with everybody home and everything being done under one roof. There's a lot of spillover. I've been giving the advice, Sean, of telling people if you've lost your job, look, the job's gone, but your skills are still there. Your network is still there. Think about how you can pivot. And at this point, the only place to pivot seems to be the internet. You've built such a massive online empire. What would be your advice to somebody who wants to go from having maybe that brick and mortar based business to the internet? There's just so many ways to flourish online. And I think that can be part of the overwhelm. Like, do I go to Instagram? Do I do YouTube? Um, what would be your advice to somebody who, um, out of survival needs to really now transition to the internet, whether they're an attorney or somebody who is a teacher and everyone in between? It's so interesting you asked that question because my husband and I were talking about that last night. We were saying with so many people in this stress stressful space, if people could take what they already have in terms of their skill set, like you said, and they could uh, produce some sort of either content or product that people need on a daily basis, it would be, you know, people would kind of feel a little better, like they're really out there helping people. And so, yes, there's YouTube, there's there's social media, there's all of these different types of things that you can use to actually, you know, build an online business. But the first thing I tell people to ask themselves is, what do I need in, in this space? And what do other people need in this space? Because when you answer that question, then it's what do I need and then how can I provide it to them in a virtual space? YouTube is great because obviously, you know, they have 
you can advertise on YouTube and, and you get some money, some kickback if you do that. Uh, social media is, as you say, I, I haunt you with my um, my ads, but social media is a great place because people really get to know you. You can be authentic. You can do lives. I feel like in this time, especially Instagram and Facebook, where you can really do a bunch of live talking and question answer, you go out there and you say, hey, this is what I have to offer. I'm going to do a Q&A about this. And then it's a really, I don't want to say easy, but it's an easier way and great way to build an audience because you're literally saying, here's what I can offer you. Show up for this content and this Q&A and how I can help you out. And you get immediate feedback. Whereas if you just post something in your feed on one of these platforms, it's kind of like, okay, I'm waiting to see who actually likes it. When you start to as, as to when you start to show your personality and help people understand how you're educated in this space, it becomes real time. And I think people should really take advantage of the live virtual space instead of just the posting. That's a really good tip. And you're right. When your audience gives you the feedback, there it's take the feedback because I've learned that too. I'm sure you've mastered this as well. Like it's kind of, it makes your job easier. They just tell you what to do and then you deliver that and no questions asked. Amen. Yes. You take it, you deliver it, no questions asked. I think that's one of the great things that I I love. Like even right before I got on this, your podcast, I did a live on Instagram and I just started, I, you know, I was telling people about you, I was showing you your page or whatever. And just some of the comments that people being like, oh yeah, you know, you immediately get that feedback and you immediately know what people need. And I think the other thing that's really great about that you can take advantage of at this time, and it's maybe hard for people to understand who are really going through that tough time in terms of job loss or changeover. But the more you show yourself and the more you're able to speak out loud and show people who you are, the more genuine connections you are going to make around the world and the country. And a lot of people who get up and they do maybe go to a brick and mortar store or they go to an office, you know, you wake up, you get in your car, you talk to kind of the same people every day where now you have literally created a spider web of connections and possibly clients if you really just put yourself out there and utilize the virtual space. Yeah. And also good thing. It costs nothing really to go on the internet. Um, I mean, like, let, let's be honest. I mean, yes, if you want to put Facebook ads out there or whatever, but even that's on discount. That's yeah, on everything, sale. Everything's on discount. But the one thing that's free is you being free to be you. You click in that go live button on any of these social platforms. It's free. It's free to be you. And the other thing that you can do is utilize your contacts. If you say, oh, well, I don't have a big social media following or I have like 100 followers and they're all my family. Okay, everyone knows someone out there where you could do a dual live or you can have a live conversation or, you know, you and I, we have a podcast. So we've kind of built up a community of people that want a, a specific message. But if you don't have that yet, now's your time to reach out to people who may have a, a slightly bigger following and just say, hey, I want to offer up some of my ideas that could help you know, could help people. And that's a great way to possibly generate some income. 
I love that. Great, great advice. All right, let's transition back to talking about your youth and your relationship with money. That story about carrying bread in your pants. I mean, that's heartbreaking, but also I I have to believe that that made you who you are in so many ways. Um, I was reading on your blog that you had a real love for numbers growing up and calculating. You had a favorite toy as a child, Mr. Professor, and it was a giant calculator that you were crunching numbers with. What were you calculating at that age? Actually, I want to say this. I want to say this really quickly. And so that blog article was actually written by my husband. So oh, but, but you're not, I should read this- bylines. No, 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 no. But this is a good. I'm actually glad you brought that up because I think this is the most this is like very important. So me, I was the exact opposite of that. I didn't really necessarily know what money where money came from. I, you know, thank God I had chores and I was able to get five dollars a week. And we did have you know, we did struggle. And my even though my grandfather was a pastor of a church, I mean, we still were very frugal. But you know, now, and it's so interesting you bring up Mr. Professor because I actually love that you said that because it, my husband actually talks about that all the time and his love of money, but it actually saved us at one point because I didn't have that knowledge of money. And him being in my life, he's now been able to really teach me a lot about money and now really, really make our business thrive and turn around with my skill set and my, you know, my ability to be who I am and, and mix it up with who he is and how he absolutely loves money. I love money in a different way, but now being older and having a business, you have, I have much more respect for money than I did when I was younger, because, you know, when you're younger and you kind of grew up like me, you more, will say, well, I just want money. I want to, I want, I want to know what it's like to have money instead of really focusing on what money can do for you in terms of setting up your life. So, uh, one of my, one of my, my favorite stories from money as a kid, and this is a positive story is I remember my mother, uh, because we were on government assistance, she worked really hard. I remember her working really hard and going to trade school to get um, some sort of certification so she could work for a bank and seeing the transition of us going from food stamps, food stamps, food stamps to my mom actually going to work in the morning, having a great job, not being on food stamps, her being really, really uh, fiscally responsible, if you will, that was like one of my biggest changeovers as well, because I saw how hard you had to work, not only to make the money, but to keep the money. And when you were building your career, I'm sure there was a moment or a series of moments where the money started to come in big time. Um, you had those money wins. How did your life start to change immediately once you started to make bank? So I'll tell you this, I was one of those people who I got my first big check and I'll share this with you because I talk about it. I mean, I got my first big check. I I never thought I would get a check of close to $100,000 at one pop. And I went right out and I bought my first car. Like I was like, oh my God, you know, this is amazing. What kind of car was it? (laughs) It was It's an F-150 Lariat. It was souped up. I went to the Sunrise Ford in North Hollywood on Lancashire and the thing is, this truck wasn't even for sale. It was by the owner of that particular oh, wow. dealership. <laughs> and he was like, and I literally had to use the fact that, you know, I just had this amazing infomercial come out. I was doing hip hop abs and it was really popular at the time. So 
he was like, oh my gosh, I'm selling my truck to Sean T. You know, it was like super cool. It was a really great moment. However, it was also a really big wake up call because not only did I realize when I bought that truck outright, number one, my credit sucked at that time because I still had student loans. I still had all of these, you know, just stuff that I accumulated over the years. Uh, didn't know much about credit. I was a starving artist. I left my job. You know, I did all these things. And then so I immediately had to really change my mindset and say, holy crap, I'm making a lot more money. I have to pay a lot more money, you know, to taxes and so on and so forth. And so um, the biggest the biggest win for me was having to learn how to maneuver my way from going from a maybe $800 to $1,200 dance gig to getting a check of tens of thousands of dollars a month. And then the next thing that we can go into, if you want, is more about how to make this money go really far in terms of what I wanted to do with my life and my passion for what I was doing. Yeah, that's a great transition. Let's talk about that because I think a lot of people struggle with knowing how to really invest properly in the beginning of starting a business. Like, you know, you have this $100,000 check and then another $100,000 check and you have all these visions of what you want to create. Um, what were some of the best investments you made that are still paying off today with dividends in your business? Seriously. And this is like probably, I don't know if you've ever heard this answer before, but the biggest investment that I had was to invest in my passion. And so I immediately started to build kind of like a team of people around me because I knew that if I took this platform that I was really good at in fitness and I really took my passion, which was to help people and and uplift people, then investing in people like a team around me was going to take me really far. And so I had one person working with me back in 2004 or five or whenever it was. And now I actually have Team Shanti. I now have a transformation center where I hold retreats. You know, we own a couple of houses. And for me, it was less about let me invest in real estate or, you know, I mean, now obviously I have some investments in online stuff, but I mean, in bank investments, if you will, you know better than that, better about that than me. But for me, it was about investing in my craft, investing in you know, I always say you're the average of the five closest people to you. And if you can invest some of your money and a team that's going to really help and make you thrive, then, you know, down the road, you'll still have a business. So you might see my ads for Transform 20 or like my crazy ads on on Instagram or social media. But behind the scenes, I have a whole other team that's really out there uplifting people. We have a bunch of online groups that have courses online just about motivation. And so it was so that was my type of investment, investing in people so that I can continue to build a team of people around me that would help my business thrive. And you have some of the best people, I have to say, just in this experience of booking this podcast with you, loved working with your team. What's some hiring advice you might have for us, people listening who want to grow and expand and invest in human capital? How do you know someone is right for your team? Oh my gosh, I love that human capital. Let me write that down. <laughs> I um, didn't invent the phrase, but... I know, but I'm, I'm going to love you for it. Um, you know, this was from day one when I had to start hiring people. I said, I want to hire people regardless of their age or their experience. I want to hire people that I look up to. That was it. So, you know, you were working with Alex 
you know, booking this podcast, right? Yes. Alex came in. She was 22 years old. She was just an intern out of, um, she was doing like Regis and Kelly, I think it was at the time. And so, or whatever, whatever show, whatever, whatever male show. host was at the exactly. time, right? <laughs> exactly. But she had just finished being an intern. And so for me, I went to school for radio, TV, film, and I always wanted to be a host of a show like that. So when she walked in, the first thing I was like, holy crap, like I had something that I could learn from her. And over the years, like she has become a great producer for me, right? I have um, a, a lot of people who I work, like I have Scott, let's talk about my husband, Scott. I didn't know much about money, but when he wanted to sit, when he said, hey, I really want to work for the company, I knew I had something to look up to and they could teach me something. I think a lot of times when we invest in human capital, I think, yeah, it's like, okay, you know, I want them to be able to do a good job, but I also, and this is the final thing, I also hire people that I want to be my boss of something in a company. So I look at every single person that works for me, they're my boss in something. Whereas, you know, Chip, he's my online manager. I always, I act as if he's my boss in that space or, you know, my, even my assistant, Sam, you know, he takes a bunch of courses to help me in my, just kind of my mental space, but also doing other things. And so I'm like, okay, he's my boss in that space. I want to go to my team every single day and I want to do less of running the meeting and more of learning more about what we have, what has just come into the company because of their expertise. That's true. Leadership, Sean, is surrounding yourself with people that in some ways are smarter than you, not being the smartest person in the room and being okay with it. Yeah, I'm totally okay with that. You know, I think that for me, I'm I'm in my in my real job, if you will, when I'm out in the world, I'm leading people, I'm motivating people. If I'm on stage in front of anywhere from 300 to 20,000 people. And so when I get off of that stage, I need to be a student. I need to constantly learn. And so even here at my transformation center, I have a whiteboard and everyone loves fitness. So even if I make up a workout that day or something new, I get immediate feedback and they know not to hold back. And so I love, I just love being a student because for me, it, it holds me accountable as well. Cause you also have to know yourself. For me, I know I'm a free spirit. I'm very, creative, which, you know, sometimes creative people cannot necessarily focus for long periods of time. But with when I look at all of my team members as my boss, I have these a, a bunch of bosses, if you will, then I know that they're looking for me to get it done. And I have a deadline and that keeps me on track. And and that is the one thing that I can say that helps my business thrive beyond is just constantly having my team give me deadlines. So it, it number one helps me stay on track. And then number two, it really helps me perfect my craft because I know they're looking for the best that I can give them. Yeah. It's accountability. I think yeah. that's also helpful when you're just trying to um, do a workout right now. A lot of us are home and overwhelmed and we know that our health is important, but it's hard to, you know, I think it's one of the hardest things to do, frankly, is to like be really dedicated to your well-being and your fitness. Any advice for those of us who are at home and and we want to just get into the regimen, especially I'm, I'm thinking about a lot of parents who have a lot tugging at them. I mean, single singletons, no kids, 
go ahead and watch all the shows and bake the breads. Everyone's doing all these master classes. I'm like, who has time? <laughs> I, I like, I shower like on Wednesdays, maybe, you know, at this point in my current life stage <laughs> with the quarantine. <laughs> so give us some inspo. How do we find the time and then stay motivated? Oh man, you, uh, we should probably just get on the phone every night and have a glass <laughs> of wine or something just to like go when the kids go to bed. But you know, the inspiration that I have is, and I use it to this day for Anoush, I'm telling you. So obviously people know I have a bunch of workouts, but I still start out with a five minute workout every day because I know for a fact that I can get five minutes done, even if I'm extremely exhausted. And so people are like, oh, well, fitness is your career. It's easy. No, it's not. It's very tough waking up when your kids wake you up at 445 and then you have meetings and then you have to record a podcast and then you have to you know, do some sort of online motivation. And then I have to leave that and then go work out. Sometimes it is a five minute workout that gets me started. And I want people out there to know and you can go to my YouTube. I actually have a five minute free workout, five minute workout playlist on my YouTube channel. Just do five minutes because that will really start to put you get get the wheels turning. And most of the time when you do five minutes, you'll say, OK, I can do seven. OK, I can do nine and I can do 10. And sometimes it starts out with 10 minutes a day and then you work your way up. Here's the thing. Don't put pressure on yourself. Leave yourself wanting more. But you have to do something. So it's. It's very tough to say, oh, you know, I got to work out. I got to do this. Here's the other thing. Stop trying to change your clothes. None of us are showering. Well, some people might be, but <laughs> stop trying to change your clothes and do a workout. Like, here's a couple of things, and a couple of them are fun. One, get down and do 10 push-ups, five crunches, or 10 push-ups, 10 squats, 10 crunches, you know, 10 jumping jacks. Like, just do a series in the clothes you're, you're having. You're going to have to sweat anyway when you run after the kids. So just do something. Another thing that's really fun is make yourself do 10 or 20 push-ups or squats or jumping jacks or something on the hour, every hour that you're awake. So let's say you're awake probably 14, 16 hours a day. Imagine you do 10 push-ups every hour. Just be like, yo, I'm going to do these 10 push-ups. You did 160 push-ups, right? Well, it's not that 30 minutes a day that people say you need 30 minutes a day. I think that to me, it's, it's BS because a lot of people don't even know how to commit. And so when you start to commit just to that every hour or those five minutes a day, you'll start to gain, um, build commitment and consistency over time equals trust. And when you when you're consistent and you can trust yourself, then you'll start doing more. Um, the other thing is, and this is the last thing everyone should get uh if you want to get a, a TikTok account. So should I though? <laughs> yo, listen, our news should listen, just go and learn these oh. dances. Okay. You, you end up spending like 20, 30 minutes dancing and you don't even know it and you're sweating your face off. And the kids, how did you how old is your kid? They're five and a half and three. Oh my gosh, they will absolutely love it. They'll get in your way. Don't you yes. know they'll definitely get in your way. But you'll be dancing. They'll be dancing. The video's playing over and over again. You're sweating. And 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 I'll just tell this to you, for you. I'm telling you, you will do so great on TikTok just because of the knowledge. If you get creative in the way you can deliver your knowledge to people, especially in this time, I would follow you right away. Just like little snippets of, you know, how to be fiscally responsible and successful and what to do with this new stimulus coming out. I think it would be you would be amazing. You'd be so good. 
All right, Shanti says I should get on TikTok. It's happening. Coming to a TikTok near you. And you know, but what you were saying about consistency building trust, I think the same goes true with your money. When people are like, how do I save? I don't, you know, I want to save up for a house or a car or whatever. I don't even know where to begin. And I'm just like, $5 a day, $10 a week. Because you're right, once you see it, once you do what you will see results over time, maybe not as immediate, but the results will arrive. And that mm. is undeniable motivation. I mean, that is the truth. It's, it's, that's the trust. I love that. You just kind of like built up some fiscal confidence in me, if you will, because when we first started having our babysitters slash nannies work for us and I would tell one of them, I said, listen, I was like, I know how much money you make. If you just save $20 a day, you're going to be fine. And so or you'll, you'll start to build. And I, she came to me maybe, I don't know, like four or five months after that and told me how much money she saved. And she was like, she was like, it was much easier than I thought it was, you know, she, cause she actually was certified to be a teacher and she was like going to go teach. But then she said, I really like, you know, teaching your boys and, and helping raise them. And it was just interesting to see how her, her mind changed. And even now in these times where she's not coming into work, like she's fine, like she saved money. She, and so the, just those little consistent nuggets really help people if they just take advantage of them. I really like the five minutes a day. You do, you get that adrenaline going and yeah, you do five minutes. I can do seven. I can do nine. I really like that philosophy. Before we go, just some real rapid fire questions for you. Don't overthink them. Here we go. If I won the lottery tomorrow, let's say you won, I don't know, what's whatever Powerball or Mega Ball is where you live. Um, the first thing I would do is. So this is like, I'm going to be very honest. The first thing I would do is I would make sure Alex, who you spoke with and her fiance, Steve, who just supposed to get married, they're going to get married, supposed to get married in September. I would literally make sure like, I would invest for them so hard because she has been such an amazing person to Scott, myself and my entire family. And I know a lot of times it's like, I wouldn't say, Hey, here's $10 million. I would set up some amazing investments. And again, it goes back to me. Like it goes back to those people, right? Like for me, I love to invest. What did you call it? I can't human remember. Human capital. I love to invest in the human capital, like people who've been good to me, because I know I'm going to be fine because Scott is going to make sure that money is right in our investments. But <laughs> I would do that for Alex, for sure. Oh, Alex, if you're listening, you've got a great boss. My gosh. <laughs> One thing I spend on that makes my life easier or better or both is. Oh, OK. I'm be honest here. I spend my money on tennis lessons. Oh, because you know why? Because it is something that it's the one thing like when I work out, even when I work out by myself, like I feel like I'm working because it's my career. But when I get out on a tennis court, I feel free. I'm exercising. It's tough. I'm challenging myself and I get back into the competition space because I was an athlete. So not being able to perform. So that would be that, I, you know, that would be my answer for that. Oh my gosh. So a little story about tennis. So um, my friend wrote a book called Suck at Something because her theory is that like there's actually a lot of joy in in failing at something. And if you can find that thing that you love to fail at, like it's kind of a gift because it builds um, 
humility and like, I don't know, I, I think it's a, it's a wonderful thing. Like for her, it's surfing. She's terrible at it, but she just loves the ritual. For me, it's tennis. I'm terrible at tennis. Never, <laughs> ever have been able to get a ball, get the ball over the, over the net. But something about it, it just keeps me going back to it. I don't know if it's like the tennis skirt or the, like the smell <laughs> of the balls or like, some, you know, the ritual of like getting on the court. Um, I don't know. I, uh, I can't wait to get back to it someday. Oh, my God. I love that you said that, because while I've gotten good at tennis, like I still stress about it. And I think that like you said that's what keeps me coming back, because every ball is different and you have to figure it out. And it, I love that fail at something like that. That's amazing. I love that. I'm going to have to read that. Yeah. And like, you know, it's, it's, it's something that you can just be okay with failing at. I think it's great. It just, it does build a lot of humility, which I think is always a good muscle to flex the humility muscle. Um, okay. One thing I wish I had learned about money growing up is. I wish I would have learned about how to invest growing up because I think I would have done like better investments or just really invested earlier, earlier in my life. When I, even when I was working in corporate, I would have invested some of my money, whereas I didn't start doing it until like much later in life. And I, I'm not going to kick myself because like I said, you know, Scott does really well, but I just wish it was something I would have learned about earlier on. Fair, but you've also been investing in yourself and that has been quite the rate of return, I will say. Yes. Thank you. Um, yeah. And last but not least, I'm Sean T. I'm so money because. <laughs> I'm Sean T. I'm so money because I'm your biggest fan. And all the money that you spend doing my workouts is coming back at you tenfold because not only will you be able to be able to get a great body by doing the workouts, but you can always come to me and I'm always going to help you trust and believe in who you are. Shanti, thank you so much. I'm, that Transform 20 is in my future. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thanks so much to Sean T for joining us. Be sure to check out his podcast, Trust and Believe. Today, I'm a guest on his show talking about personal finance and advice for listeners on how to manage financially and emotionally through these tough times. To learn more about Sean T, go to seantfitness.com. All this information, including the links, is on somoneypodcast.com. And by the way, if you want to leave me a question for our Friday episode, please do by clicking on Ask Farnoosh or going on Instagram, following me there, and then hitting me up on direct message with your money question. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. I hope your day is so money. Money.